me see here. Before, I did just want to level set on something really quick. You know, you know, um, I was asked to speak, and you know, one of my big character defects <laughs> is um, high expectation of self and others, and also, you know, perfection, which you know is. is as many of you in program know, can be detrimental, right? This idea that we can be perfect and stuff. But at any rate, so I just wanted to share, you know, thank you, um, Andy, for asking me. And, uh, and then I remembered step 12, you know, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsible readers and to practice these principles in all our affairs. So, and I've had spiritual awakenings. Thank you to this program, you know, my creator and others in the room. So um, it was right that I share, even if, you know, I'm not perfect, you know, with this program all of the time. And uh, so I just wanted to level set on that. And also, you know, the big book says on page 58, our stories disclose in a general way what we used to be like, what happened and what we are like now. So that's kind of what I'll stick to. Um, what we used to, what I used to be like, what happened and what things are like now. So what, it, what I used to be like is that I was always very confused. <laughs> I was always very anxious. I was always, um, I was always shoring up plans and making contingencies for just about everything. And while I don't think that was necessarily, and you can, you know, plug in whatever word that doesn't, you know, that makes more sense to you. Well, I don't think it was right, wrong, good, bad, you know, whatever. Um, I'm an addict, and I would take it to unhealthy levels, right? So. I think it's good to to do the proper amount of planning. You know, I plan for my retirement. I plan for other things, but I would become obsessed with a lot of things, and it would chew and gnaw into my day, chew and gnaw into my life. It would um, keep me preoccupied. It would keep me in the past. It would keep me in the pre in the future, anywhere but the present. And how that uh, demonstrated itself. That, that's kind of what my mind was like, but how it demonstrated itself um, in my life is that I would, um, I would run a lot of the time uh, and sometimes like physically, <laughs> like not actually run, but I'd get on my motorcycle and like leave if I was overwhelmed with emotions and I would just ride around, go up Angeles Crest, just ride around. Um, I'm in other programs. So I would, you know, reach for other things to try to distract myself from the emotions um, that I was having. And that's pretty much how I lived. I wasn't, I mean, I was a good guy, but I wasn't always doing good things. And I was hurting people. And, and then that, because I didn't know how to process those things, you know, I didn't grow up in a very healthy home. Um, it would kind of send me into a deeper sort of shame guilt spiral, right? Which then would lead to more distraction, more being in the future, more being in the past, and it wasn't helpful. And I remember a, a big, big moment for me um, when I'm talking about, you know, what it was like is that, you know, I was doing some step work with a fellow. He might be on the call. I don't know, but um, really super, super great guy. And we were sitting there outside of a Starbucks and he told me, he says, you know, that's magical thinking. And I didn't know what he meant at first, but, you know, I had grown up in a home with a lot of secrets. Um, 
And, you know, you can fill in the blank, you know, regarding abuse and all these things. But, but the point was, there were a lot of secrets. And then I grew up being told that I didn't have any reason to, uh, to complain or to feel the way I felt. So I also grew up not trusting my emotions, not trusting my instincts, because I saw things that uh, are traumatizing. But then I was told, and, and then I tried to express how I was feeling. And I was told, no, it's okay. And I think it is. <laughs> it doesn't feel okay. These things don't feel good to me. They don't, you know, um, what's happening in our family. This doesn't happen to Mario's friends down the street or Marco's friends or Dave, you know, or David's family. You know, they're not experiencing these things that I see. Um, so it didn't feel good to me, but I was told things were okay. So now I had conflict. So I grew up starting to not trust myself and not trust my emotions. So it left me in a place where. Um, Five minutes. Oh, good. Okay. So that's what it was like. I think you get the gist of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Unhealthy upbringing. They did the best they can, whatever. But this program's about me getting well, right? And then serving others. So that's their deal. But um, so that's what it was like. Very difficult and um, uh, emotionally, a lot of confusion, a lot of self-doubt. So then what happened was when I was in about my 30s or so, um, I got married and, you know, I made a vow to myself that I wasn't going to be like my father, right? I wasn't going to be, I wasn't going to have the type of family that I came from. I was going to have one with, you know, people that were present, people that were um, truthful, people that would allow you to express yourself and still be accepting, you know, because I didn't have that always either. It was very conditional love in my home growing up. And um, that's what I wanted to do. But what happened was I still didn't have any tools. You know, we talked about tools earlier during the introduction. I still didn't have any tools on how to work with these emotions or even know how to feel things, to be honest. Um, you know, my, uh, I remember I had done some work with a therapist and they said that I had kind of, you know, you can't really unplug your emotions to not feel that bad without unplugging like everything. So even the good, I was just kind of numb. Um, and I remember very clearly, you know, my parents are not from here. They're from another country. So I'm like first generation here. And a lot of times we're told first generation folks um, go to college, you know, go to, this is America, the United States, you can do anything you want. And I remember I got my bachelor's, I got my master's and, and I felt nothing. Like I wasn't happy. I wasn't like, there was no sense of pride in my head. I was still a piece of garbage. Right. Um, I had these types of thoughts. So now I was married. I didn't have tools. I couldn't do what I used to do, you know, to try to cope with my emotions because now I have a wife. So within about a, you know, so I stopped doing those things I used to do, but didn't have tools, didn't have program, didn't understand myself, came from an unhealthy background. So then I gained about a hundred pounds in maybe just over a year, maybe 14 months, I gained a hundred pounds because I was really trying hard to not do those other things I used to do, but I didn't have anything else. Right. So then I started overeating. Um, so that just started happening all of a sudden friends are, and I was a fit guy. Oh, I, I forgot a picture. Sorry, but one day, but anyway, the point is friends are like, Whoa, what the, you know, what the heck happened to you? Um, oh, bless you Shelby. <laughs> Cause I had had, you know, gained 
you know, all that weight. And I used to do like triathlons. I used to run around. I used to, I was a healthy guy. So people, my family was concerned. Everybody was concerned. My wife was like, well, you know, she married a guy that when she met me, I was like 180 pounds. And then now I had ballooned up to like 270, 280. Um, she didn't understand it either. And uh, one day I was in a parking lot and I called a skivvy, but it was a machine. Um, so then I left a message and no one called me back. So I thought, eh, whatever. But then I, I forget now how, but I ended up coming to a room one day to skivvy. And I sat down and I just said, you know, I, I don't have, um, I don't understand this. You know, I was able to, because part of me was thinking, you know, this is all a matter of will. This is all a matter of control. This is all a matter of me making the right agenda, sticking to it, you know, and, and part of that is true. But uh, the point is, I had no higher power. Everything was still based on me and what I can do to control everything. But the truth is, I can't do that. It just doesn't work. <laughs> and I tried in a lot of ways. Um, but that old model, you know, academically, it's just a game about me, baby. So I can do that. I can study. <laughs> I can go meet with study groups. I can talk to the seniors that did, you know, they had already had the class. Hey, you have notes? You, what? You got the test? Okay, thanks. You know, I can, you know, network and I can manipulate and I can manage academically. I can manage my job. I can, oh, I know how to do these things. But, but when it came to relationships, I couldn't manage that. I can't control those, right? And that's what I feel, you know, life is really about having those relationships. Um, and I was not doing well because I was still very involved in self. So I went to the skivvy room um, and I said I needed help. And then and then it was kind of intermittent from there. Um, I started with one person, but then that person dropped out of program. And so it made it easy for me too. <laughs> I dropped that. I mean, that's not the only reason, but part of it was still, I was convinced I can do it all with self. Like, oh yeah. Okay. So I dropped out and then I came back and I remember I came back. I don't know when I wish I can tell you, but I came back and again, I went to the room. I said, I need help. I don't know. I'll do, I'll do whatever, you know? And um, some guy touched me on the shoulder and he's like, I'm your sponsor. And I said, Okay. <laughs> I didn't ask like I didn't I didn't say like, oh well let me get to know you first or like what's your story? I was at the point where I thought like none of this other business is working, you know. Um and again it's relationships, right? And um and I now I couldn't just run off and go to the Rose Bowl like at five in the morning like I used to do when I lived in LA and run around every morning. Now I have a wife and a and a baby now, and then later two babies and and then three babies. And what happened was, oh, I need help feeding the baby. I need, and those aren't bad things. But now I'm in a relationship. It's not just me, me, me. And I didn't know how to have relationships or how to balance these demands on my time um, and on my emotions, right? I didn't know how to do that. So that's what happened. And what brought me into the room? I gained 100 pounds, like in 14 months or something. And before that, I had been fit. So now I was even more down on myself about, you know, and as a man, you grow up with a lot of these things in your head. Don't be a fill in the expletive, right? Man up. Do you know, all these, all these things men here growing up. So for me, I was like, oh, I must not be a man. I must be a expletive. I can't, why am I, can't, why can't I do this? I got engineer, multiple engineering degrees. I have a house. I have a job that paid, you know, I can do all these other things. 
but I, this relationship thing and this relationship with myself, I don't have this relationship with myself, understanding myself and what my needs are. Um, uh, so emotionally, right. I'm not talking about like food and sex and stuff, but my emotional needs are so, and how to address them and how to self-soothe and how to cope. I don't know how to do any of that. So I'm just reaching for external stuff. So that's what happened. And what it's like today, um, you know, long story short, I don't know how much time, how, Shelby, how much time do I have left I'm trying to keep it concise and not you're get two of the weeds? You're at 13 minutes. Okay. So I'll tell what it's, so then from there, I got my sponsor and then, and he was pretty, I remember he's a funny guy. I've shared this before, but he tells me, I remember I was, I had just gone to, to church and I was doing some meditative prayer and I was, and I called him and I was saying, oh, you know, it was all these thoughts came to my mind and maybe they require action. And then he like laid down these rules. He's like, well, let me tell you something. I'm your sponsor, but you're not going to ask me for money. He told me something like that. And I was like, what? And I wasn't thinking of those things, but he just laying down the, you know, it's good. He's setting boundaries, right? That's a good thing. So, and then, and then he tells me, I'm not going to go with you to buy dresses, to shop for dresses. I was like, what kind of sponsors do you have? Do they? So, so I thought, okay, cool. But, but I learned later on, that was just his way of communicating. He just, you know, you know, he's joking, excuse me. He's just joking around. So I said, whatever. But the point is, um, you know, he was so helpful in that. Like, you know, so you can imagine a man like me, uh, an addict, who's not really living in the present, coming from a fear-based place. I didn't make very good choices, and that extended um, to my marriage, right? Um, and, and I'm sure she can say the same thing about me. So this is not about that. I have my own issues, but um, but I'm talking about, you know, my side of the street here. And I remember even, you know, going to meetings was so hard. Be, um, for a lot of reasons. So I remember my sponsor said, I'll meet you at 6.30 in the morning. So I was like, oh, okay. So so I did the legwork. I'd, sh- I'd wake up like at 5.45 on a Saturday, shower, whatever, hit the road, be at Skivvy at 6.30, meet with my sponsor, read out of the bid book, do my writing, did my four step. You know, I, did, I went through the steps. And when I after I did that, he told me, all right, now you're graduated. And I was like, really? It's like, no, you're not. I'm, I'm kidding. You're not graduated. <laughs> then he tells me, you got to stay here. I mean, in essence, he's like, you're going to stay here kind of forever. <laughs> he's like, you're going to have to keep coming to meetings. You're, and then you're going to ultimately serve. And again, he's just setting some expectations, you know, healthy, healthy boundaries and expectations. And I said, oh, okay. So I did that. And I will tell you from that point on, I've gone through the 12 steps a few other times. I don't know, maybe maybe two more times, I think. And I've lost 50, 60 pounds, gained back 40, you know, so I'm not running a perfect program here, but I will tell you, you know, what it's like today, right? Now we're transitioning to what it's like today. So I'll tell you that before my current job, for example, I've been in it for seven years this coming September, in about a month, seven years. When I was not in program, I worked at one place for one year. I worked at another place for um, three years. I worked at one place, no, two years, just over, just over two years, I think. I worked another place for one year, another place for three years. You know, I'm jumping around. And while it's true, you know, I, I, you know, I cleared this with myself. What's that? 15 minutes. You have five left. Five left. Good. So we'll spend it on, on, you know how things are now. So I um, thanks, Shelby. So I 
let me see where was I ah so I was always jumping around in jobs right because well everybody knows why right my boss is a dumb dumb <laughs> like nobody gets it I can run this shop you know Bill W talks about it like you know he's gonna be I forget the terms he uses but he's gonna be the next like mega business owner you know whatever um entrepreneur who knows what so I wasn't maybe there but I thought you know that bad but I did think like why is it not going how I want I need a new job. And I would tell myself because I was getting pay raises that that's why I'm doing it. But really it's because I was just running. Right. Cause keep in mind, I don't know how to cope with life. And, and then, and then now I've been job for seven years and I've been in program actively like around eight years or seven years. So um, I started not blaming the world, you know, for everything that was happening through the writing, you know, we would do the writing, something came up, we do a 10 step do the writing, what's my part? And an important thing to remember in my part, which I didn't want to accept, is that, you know, I didn't understand that, how can I say this? I'd say, yeah, but they did this. And that was that's the reality. Someone did do something and maybe their part was 95% of it, but then I had a 5% part in it, right? So then what was my 5% and I focus on that? Right. For example, how did I respond to what they did? Right. Um, did I hold a resentment? Did I in the future uh, try to retaliate? Right. Whatever it was. But when I understood that concept, yes, you're right. They're wrong, but they're not in program. This program is not about them. You're in a program. So whether your part is, you know, one percent, two, five or ninety nine percent, that's what we're here to work on. So that's what I started doing. And all of a sudden, um, it was kind of a drag. <laughs> now I can't blame my dad. Oh, my dad wasn't there to hug me. Whatever. Okay, that's true. He wasn't there to hug you. Maybe that made, you know, that made you feel bad. But now you have program. Now you have tools. Now you can call people. Now you can do the writing. Uh, now you can, you know, Big Book tells us we can go outside. You can go talk to clergy if, you know, depending on the, that exists in your faith group, right? Talk to clergy. You can talk to a therapist. Now there's tools that you can use. So that's what I've been doing. And, um, you know, since then, in these last two years, three years, a lot of big changes have been happening. I, you know, I got a divorce. Um, I'm in a new relationship now for about a year and a half, almost two years. Um, she's a really great lady. Um, she knows I'm in program. I was honest with her in the beginning and uh, told her like, you know what, I'm, and she doesn't really get it because she told me, oh, okay, so it's like therapy, just go for a little bit, then stop. And I said, no, I can never really stop. So heads up, you know, <laughs> this is the type of man that I am. So just so you know, you know, I go to meetings and I do these things and blah, blah. And she's like, oh, okay, whatever, you know, if it helps you. And, and she left it at that and so did I. So, um, so she's aware of, of my past and, and things of that sort. And She's still accepting of me, and that's good for me. And uh, and also, I probably have only about a minute left now. Another thing about program, it helped me start to create uh, boundaries for myself, and I started to take care of myself um, more than you know. I didn't have people taking care of me as a boy, uh, really. I mean, my my minimal needs were met. Like there was food and there was a roof, but other things weren't there 
So now I'm taking more care of myself. I'm creating healthy boundaries. Um, like one of my buddies in program tells me, sometimes that boundary has to be porous, right? That's where discernment comes in. You know, that's where the tools, I pick up the tools, I call a fellow. I'm seeing it like this. What do you think? Did, and, then, and then they tell me, did you ask God? Oh, okay. I'll be back. <laughs> you know, <laughs> did, you do, did you do the writing? Ah, yeah, the writing. I'll be back. You know, so I go do those things. Um, you know, I got to work the tools. And, um, you know, I'm going through a lot of hard stuff and I don't have to change jobs. You know, things are going good with work. I'm not coming from a fear-based place at work. Um, you know, I had to call the police, unfortunately, on, on a person I know because they don't have boundaries. Um, but in the past, I wouldn't have been able to do that. You know, I wouldn't have been able to have and then enforce these boundaries. Um, so that's what life is like now. It's very hard because I, I allow myself to feel the feelings. But then when I come out that other end, I'm all the better for it. And there's other step work I've been doing lately, too, with my dad. I had a conversation with him a couple nights ago. Um, that's helping me heal. Um, I did amends to a person a couple of weeks ago and, and they were telling me, you should have told me this years ago. You know, I love you. I think you're wonderful. You have no reason to make amends. I'm fine. And I thought it was this big thing I was carrying, you know, with myself for years and years and years. So, um, but program taught me you suit up and show up. So I didn't want to make that amends. And um, I had to do some discernment because I thought, you know, step nine, I thought it may harm that person if I bring it up again. But it turns out, but I did some discernment and I thought, no, I think, I think it's right. And, you know, you get spiritual experiences and I thought I'm going to go with it. And I did it and everything worked out wonderfully. So that's what life is like now. I don't have to be in a fear-based place. Um, sometimes it still happens. Then I pause, you know, I pray, I get on my knees or I meditate, I work the tools and um, life is much better. And I don't have to also live... Uh, like I said with my girlfriend, I'm, I'm straight with her on how I feel about things, the people pleasing, which isn't bad in itself, but remember, I'm an addict, so I can be obsessive about things. So the people pleasing has diminished. Um, I'm still, you know, coming from a loving place, but I, I let myself be known what my thoughts are, my, my desires, you know, what's, what I'm okay with, what I'm not okay with. And she's totally cool with it. And, and that's fine. And she does the same with me. And then I'm accepting of her. So relationships are much different. Um, uh, I think that's about it. I think that I can talk all, a whole bunch of much longer, but I think that's enough. You get the point. All right. Thanks, Shelby.